If you could be mentored by Kimberly Hahn about homemaking, would you? Well, today we're going to have the opportunity to talk to her about her new book, Graced and Gifted, Biblical Wisdom for a Homemaker's Heart. Stay tuned because your heart needs this. Welcome to the Catholic Link Show, Kimberly. Thank you so much. Great joy to be with you. We, oh man, are really honored to have Kimberly Hahn on the show, um, probably a woman who needs no introduction in the Catholic community. And I would just like to say um, from us, I think there are uh, some people in the Catholic world that I look at and I go, man, where would the church be um, without these people? So first of all, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for you and Scott for everything that, um, that you have really shared uh, with the Catholic community, um, just opening up your heart and your home, and especially this book uh, with us. So uh, Kimberly Hahn is a Catholic speaker uh, and an author who for decades has shared her wisdom uh, with other wives and mothers. Married to Scott for more than 40 years, they have six children, and the 20th grandchildren is due any minute now. Uh, and one son who is just ordained a priest, and another one who is about to be in seminary. In seminary. Yep about to be in the diaconate is that right uh god willing next spring wow okay <laughs> one year later oh, that's so amazing um so i just want to jump right into it so yeah. um, we're here to talk about kimberly's new book uh grace and gifted for the second edition so kimberly can you um share with us a little bit about uh a, a little bit about your background and what led to writing this book Years ago, when Scott and I had only been married a handful of years, I was searching for resources to help me understand what this role is in being a homemaker. And I found this Proverbs 31 passage, mostly written by a queen mother to her son, mm -hmm. uh, outlining critical things that he should look for in his future mate. Mm -hmm. And I think that she wanted to highlight to him this is something totally different than everything else you've collected, the weapons you've collected, the animals, the land, everything. We're talking about the person who will make a difference in your heart, in your life, and in your kingdom. And I believe the same can be said even today. Um, I think the instructions are great if, uh, for people who have um, single children who are men. What, what qualities do they look for in a future wife? And for women, what are the things that I can develop that I can be that person God wants me to be alongside my spouse? And one of the things that's really interesting to me is there are ways in which I would say every phase of life I have had, I have been able to look to this woman and see principles that I can apply. Um, and now that we're basically at the empty nest place, you know, kind of rethinking it through again. and. At the very beginning of the book, I began by talking about how priority loving is what leads us to priority living. You know, we're always wanting our days to, to have purpose and meaning. And how can I reflect in my home what the Lord wants me to reflect? How do I build these relationships? And uh, when I asked my mom, uh, who is such a mentor for me still, I said, Mom, you know, what What's the most important thing to emphasize in homemaking? And I really thought she would hone in on the most significant task. But mm -hmm. what she said was mm -hmm. that the important thing about homemaking is relationships. 
It's the people we are loving. And then, yes, we have practical ways that we love as homemakers. But it begins with the relationship, the relationship with God, giving him the day and finding that way to find prayer time. And and it's, it does seem at times like little ones sense that you're getting up just a little bit earlier than them. They know. <laughs> you're time nursing a baby for months. Yeah. You know, uh, but really keeping that relationship strong. Secondarily, the spouse. You know, it, it's so easy with little children that their needs are so loud, it can be overwhelming, you know? And of course, we have to be attentive. You know, you don't say, well, I'll get to your doobie diaper in about 30 minutes, because right now, <laughs> daddy, it's like, no, no, that, that smell's gonna convince you again. And caring for that little one. But it, you have to keep nurturing that primary relationship. And then if we're to love our neighbors, we love ourselves. There's a way in which we do need to take care of ourselves physically, are we getting enough sleep? Are we eating well? You know, are we taking care of the emotional and spiritual needs that we have? Um, and then we extend out to children, mm -hmm. to extended family, to the parish, to the whole world. And, mm -hmm. and, and yet there is a priority. And so as you're busy with three little ones, you know, maybe this isn't the time you're singing in the choir and helping out with the group <laughs> and you know, doing evangelization. Maybe mm -hmm. you're primarily focused on home life. Um, but the difference of being focused brings so much peace. Um, it brings peace to a spouse. You know, you don't have to set up a nanny cam. You don't have to wonder, yeah. is someone loving on my child? Is someone caring if my child is so true? Alive? It gives peace to, um, to the children. They know the routines. And uh, my mom used to say that dinner time was that time of welcoming us back from the storms of life. The same yeah. You know, and it, it's not about how much money you have, because you can make a home in an apartment, in a trailer, mm -hmm. in um, in a mansion. I mean, anything can be a home. But what do we do to speak to peace and order and genuine caring so that those relationships are growing? And in the midst of that, we do the stuff. of home. No, I. Even just reading through this book, it was so um, beautiful to be able to to gain that wisdom a little bit. What, why do you think that there should be an emphasis on homemaking today? You know, when you look at um, young millennial, millennial couples <laughs> with three yeah. kids, and you yeah. know, or just um, why why do you do you see like a need there? Why why is it so Especially important? Especially, I think today? a culture yeah. that undervalues it. Yeah. Uh, just speaking into that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, the the thought process as I talk to some of the university students who have, who are in the process of um, spending a lot of money to get a, a degree and have a career, it's like, well, why would I be the unpaid maid? Or why would I, they, they almost see home as like a cage or a trap where they're stuck. And I want to say, you need to really broaden your vision because the Holy Spirit is the one who makes the sanctuary, the home of God, where we approach his presence and we reflect the Holy Spirit in our homes. We are able to welcome um, these little ones in the name of Christ. We are able uh, to meet the needs of neighbors and, and offer hospitality. Um, not only is providing food 
you know, nutrition that they have to have, but it's also a, a sense of communion. And so yeah. uh, Sundays where we're receiving the Eucharist and, and we're having this marvelous celebration of every Sunday being kind of a mini resurrection, we come home and we have a feast and that reflects in our home what we just had in our church. So we're allowing the faith to filter down to um, be very nitty gritty in the care of our families. And um, I would say being home full time gave me an opportunity not only to, uh, to share my faith regularly with my children, but then because I was there, uh, it was so much less expensive to buy curriculum and teach them at home. And mm -hmm. that everybody does that, but we had the freedom to do that because um, it, like prayer was the start of our day and, and mm -hmm. the prayer had happened. Um, so I would say for me, Graced and Gifted is a way of sort of opening up the horizon yeah. for young moms, young women, and to say, this is a way of service to the family. You don't, you don't think of the man as, oh, he gets to have the career and I'm stuck at home. It's like, we're mm -hmm. serving yeah. the family. So mm -hmm. he's serving the family by going out and earning that paycheck and bringing it back home. And then the mom is serving the family within the home. And the complementarity is powerful. It yeah. really is. We have been so blessed over the last three, almost three years now of me staying home and transitioning from full-time working and just the gift that that has brought. And it is, it's so good to read a resource like this because the reality is, is I prepared for every single day of like how to be an officer in the Air Force and how to run a unit and how to be a boss. And like now to be a mom is different yeah. um, and to be a wife is different. Uh, and this idea that it can be a learned behavior because I think not necessarily being taught, my natural inclination is I'm not good at this and I don't like it. Yeah. And I remember like looking at Drew and he was like, um, you know that you have to do all of this and your job. Like I was like, I don't want to stay home and do this. Like this yeah. is not like. Oh, oh. And he's like, you kind of got to do it anyway. You do it anyways, and like yeah. this. Oh, but like we can learn. And so in this book, I think that there is so much that women can learn. And then your bibliography is, I think, my reading list for the next year, um, <laughs> personally. But the resources. Yeah. Yes. For sure. I think the takeaway is. You've already proven to yourself how bright you are, that you can follow instructions, that you're a great leader. And all of those gifts will come to bear in your home. Yeah. And, and, and it gives you a confidence that you can read these materials and, and try new things. I think mm -hmm. my one word that I would want to say to young mothers as they read through this is realize and embrace the natural humility that comes with this task. Yeah. Because you can have the most wonderful meal on the table and you cared for the children all day mm -hmm. and you go to bed and realize five loads of laundry are sitting in the, in the laundry room <laughs> tomorrow, you know? And so they get up in the morning and you get your loads of laundry done and all of a sudden you realize halfway through the day, I have plants that I haven't watered. I've got, I haven't thought mm -hmm. through dinner, you know? And instead of thinking, I am just a failure every day, mm -hmm. I Lord gives these tasks to us so that we will see our dependence on him, 
to say, I want to do your will today, Lord, which will not most likely line up with my will. It's both (laughs) going to be yielding and then embracing that humility with gratitude and saying, God, thank you. We had a wonderful Mm -hmm. day. Thank you that the children went to bed happy and please help me do the laundry tomorrow, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and I, I really think that embracing that natural humility is a piece of what this whole vocation is about. Uh, It's not about being perfect. It's not about being the Catholic Martha Stewart. And I I can be, I have gifts of organization, but I struggle with decorating. So I read books. I talk to friends who are really good at it, you know, and and then I try things. And as you had mentioned earlier, you know, everyone hasn't had a strong role model, but through books and through sharing. And part of my desire for this Bible study is that it would, it would be multi-generational, that you would have grandmothers and mothers and, and maybe older teens or young adults where you'd sit around and talk about what is this that I'm being called to? And how does this reflect the Holy Spirit in a powerful way in my home? I think one, one of the main themes that I, I really enjoyed from the book was taking your ordinary day-to-day life and, and making that an expression of prayer. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, especially for someone who reads this book, who is just overwhelmed. I mean, there's just so, there's so much in there that it can be overwhelming. Like I'm not doing all of these things, you know, know, but. I wasn't doing a lot. Now I know I'm doing even right, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how much I wasn't doing. <laughs> That's not the goal. I would, I would love to share a story. So one day I was walking up the stairs with a load of laundry and there was this health tech shirt mm. on the top of the pile. And all of a sudden I just was overwhelmed because my oldest son, Michael had worn that shirt for probably a good year. Gabriel had worn that shirt. It was too boyish for Hannah, but Jeremiah had worn the shirt. And now Joseph, whose birthday is today, Joseph's, Joseph was wearing that shirt. And I just stopped. I just said it out loud. I'm like, God, what am I doing? <laughs> in theology. I can write that. I'm laundering the same clothes. Sure. <laughs> times am I going to launder this shirt? I mean, I, I was desperate. I felt like I can't even make it up the stairs with this load. And it was a sincere prayer. And I, what I sensed from God was think how many children you have loved, how many times with this one little shirt. And all of a sudden I realized what was changing was not the task. I was, it was changing my heart Mm. to be willing to do many tasks that no one notices, but to do it like the Calcutta St. Teresa of Calcutta said, to do little things with great love. And I could have danced up the stairs. The load became so light and it was like, wow. And I even had another son, David. (laughs) Who wore the same (laughs) shirt. Uh, it was just such a joy to realize that. I'll tell you another story. So I was out gardening and gardening. I find just such a creative outlet. Uh, I did not grow up with my parents gardening. So it doesn't have to be something in your background. You don't have to be uh, raised on a farm to, to figure out gardening. But I was gardening with Joe again, who was five. And he said to me, I've got to make a time machine. And I was like, really? Where would you go? And he said, I have to get back to the garden. I've got to tell Adam, 
don't do it. It isn't worth it. <laughs> and well, he all he meant was that the weeds weren't worth it because <laughs> for Adam was all the weeds, you know, and he was getting tired of pulling weeds with me. It was just so funny. And we had a great conversation then about, you know, well, there were even worse things than the weeds. And, and, uh, and yet God is at work in us and, and why we have to pull the weeds up by the roots. Because if we don't get the roots, it's just going to grow back. And that's like our sin. And so there are just so many ways that you naturally can talk to your children about the Lord and the faith as you're doing all of these ordinary tasks. I think that I, you speak about the ministry of presence and this awareness that like we, that this does matter um, and has such good value. And I think the idea of prioritizing the relationships over the tasks, like it's easy for mm -hmm. me sometimes to see the to-do list and be like, okay, well, I have to unload the dishwasher and I have to like even do their homeschool lesson. But how do you prioritize that relationship yeah. in a concrete way so your kids when, know that they're loved. Yeah, when, they're, they're when there are so many tasks. So many. You know you're going to fail <laughs> at all of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm. it's something I'm constantly working at it. And now, of course, our children aren't uh, at home. Mm -hmm. So it takes even more intentionality. Um, I think calling on a regular basis or sending a quick text and saying, I'm thinking of you. Uh, just one new thing came to me in January, and I'll share that. I know it's not where you are in your phase of life, but maybe some of your listeners. Um, yeah. I wanted to be more concrete in caring for each family member. And I realized that with 20 grandchildren and six children, three in-laws, my parents are still living, Scott, that I have just about 30 family members. And so each day I have been committing um, my mass and offering my mass for that individual mm -hmm. member, my rosary. Um, and they don't know what day is their day. So I've texted mm -hmm. them, you know, hey, today's your day. Any special intentions? If you want to send yeah. them, great. But I'm offering mass and rosary for you. Um, mm -hmm. And that's a way of being more intentional. Um, yeah. We do pretty big celebrations on birthdays. And mm -hmm. one thing I wish we had done, we didn't do as well as I really wish we had done, and that is celebrating baptism anniversaries. Mm -hmm. So yeah. not too hard to remember, you know, put it on your calendar. It's a great way of um, highlighting the work of God in your family. Mm -hmm. Not only are you our son, but you became God's son, you know, you receive yeah. his divine life on this day. And, uh, you know, there, there's, we're going to hit new ideas at every phase of life and go, oh, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done that. But it's okay. Mm. It's okay. <laughs> and then we say, Lord, you know, make up for what I want. Well, Kimberly. Okay. Oh, so what'd you say? One other example. Yes, please. <laughs> because when my kids were little, I just, I, I don't know why. I was not able to do the wonderful photo albums and I don't know, all things that, you know, you always have one friend who's so outstanding yeah. in the area, you know. But I decided to just embrace that as a grandma. So I have for every grandchild. And so that means I have 20 of them. And wow. just recently, one of the families was visiting. And so 
I have them all come in and they know they have a journal. They don't read them yet, but I will trace their little hands or their feet at the day. And after I'm with them, I'll jot some thoughts of this is what, this is what we did because I know happy memories just sort of fade and, and it yeah. is to remember them. But um, I have the time. I'm, I'm my very busy daughter and daughters-in-law do not, but I have the time as the grandma to be yeah. record. And I share, I share from my prayer, you know, I've shared uh, our love stories, how Scott and I fell in love. I think I wrote 12 pages on the, for the first grandchild. And then I said, no, you need to share this. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got to copy it for every time. But um, what I, I would say is how, mm -hmm. how do they know that they're loved intentionally? We just try to, to speak it in every way that we can. Um, physical affection, remembering them in little gifts, um, giving them words of affirmation. I, 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 one person told me, I try to catch them doing good. And um, wow, what a totally different way of thinking about it. And so I went down the hallway and I, I walked by one of my children's rooms and I said, I caught you because they were doing something good. They were like reading their Bible or something. He, and he said, I'm not doing anything wrong. And I said, I know, I caught you doing good. And he was like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so you just pick up ideas and run with them. That's so beautiful. Well, yeah, Kimberly, we could talk to you all day. Aww. This is amazing. Um, thank you for coming on the show. I really hope that we can have you on again because I feel like we just scratched the surface Aww. of this. Um, where where can people, our listeners, go to find out more about all the stuff that you and Scott are doing, what you guys have going on right now to learn more about this? Yes. So the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology is an apostolate we founded in 2001. And connected to that is Beloved and Blessed com and that's my podcast where I'm trying to teach through all of this material and I would love to have people tune in um, and you know you just take it or leave it I I'm, I'm not um, you will take it you will take it I try so. to differentiate between what you must do what requires mm -hmm. yeah. and in the area of wisdom which is very very fluid and can apply you know this year is your family of five and maybe in the future it will apply differently. Um, and then also EWTN has Beloved and Blessed with Kimberly Hahn. And I also, uh, I do the podcast, but I also add a section on Married Saints and um, Moments with My Mom, interviewing my mom. So uh, anyway, amazing. it's just a great joy to get to share with you. And thank you for your ministry, for your apostolate. Thank, thank you. you so much. Again, for our listeners, I cannot recommend this book enough, Grace and Gifted. Um, and thank you, Kimberly, again. Um, we'll leave links to all of that stuff um, in the description below. Check out all of Kimberly and Scott's stuff. What a blessing to the church. Again, thank you for everything that you guys do. We are praying for you for the St. Paul Center and for our listeners. We're praying for all of you guys today. Thank you again and God bless. God bless you both and all your little ones. <laughs> thank you, Kimberly. Yeah.